This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 97, Using Your Talents to Make a Difference, with Chris Kurtz and Danny Koch. Hello, friends, and welcome to another week of Cultivate a Good Life. I am Becky Higgins. My friend and co-host is Becky Proudfit. And she is currently having the most amazing road tripping experience with her family, which is super fun. And uh, on my end, my family has been enveloped in all things extended family, as my father-in-law just recently died from Alzheimer's disease. And we've been helping with the funeral and hosting a lot of people that we love. And honestly, it's just been a very special experience. So we're both having just really special family experiences this summer, which we're so grateful for that. Um, but uh, not together for this little part of the recording, of course. And I just, you know, these are these are unusual times. And I'm not talking about summer schedules. I'm saying in the world, these are unusual times. And so sometimes we are just going to be doing some unusual things. So outside of everything going on in our personal lives, there's obviously so much going on around the world always, right? But lately, it seems like there's a heightened awareness of various opinions about a lot of topics, and I'll even say various agendas. And I personally feel like sometimes it's just hard to know who to trust, who to listen to, what to believe, and sometimes even how we should be feeling as a lot of these issues get increasingly heated. So I want to be clear um, on behalf of both of us about where we stand on issues related to race. And I just want to share three bullet points um, just to be clear about this. Number one, we are anti-racist, period. Number two, Becky and I do not claim to be experts on anti-racism, of course, but we are individually and personally doing the work to learn more, to understand better, to love bigger than we already did. And I for sure have become more aware of my lack of understanding uh, in general. And I'm excited to be more proactively inclusive and better diversified with my brand than I ever have been in the past. So you'll be seeing more diversity in those voices that we amplify here on the podcast um, you'll see be you'll you'll see more diversity um, with those that we co- collaborate with in various BH projects, like designers that we work with on notebooks and Project Life collections. So these efforts don't happen overnight, of course, but over time, you will see, and that's so exciting to me. Number three, my brand and this podcast have never been centered on politics or current events, or controversial topics. Um, And so just to be clear, our agenda is still uh, and remains uh, in an effort to help you better connect with how to cultivate the best possible life for yourself. And that is what this podcast will continue to be about. All right. Now, when it comes to this episode... Speaking of shaking things up and doing things differently, uh, because you're about to hear what's not the voices of Becky Proudfit or myself, this is a very special episode, and I and I want to briefly share how it came to be. 
on June 2nd this year, we participated in Blackout Tuesday on Instagram, which a lot of you know about, hashtag Blackout Tuesday. And that was our way of one small piece of offering to, um, to support the black community whose voices needed to be better heard, need to be better heard, while the rest of us silenced our own sharing. And so instead of posting about our own stuff, we invested time and energy in listening and learning to our Black brothers and sisters. Uh, For me personally, I followed dozens of accounts on, on Instagram that I felt would further my understanding and education. And it was a powerful experience, honestly. Like one of those one of those accounts I happened upon is called Oh Happy Danny. Now, Danny's Instagram description reads, art and words on loving God and neighbor well. I love that. So I could tell pretty quickly that Danny was focusing on faith and justice and optimism. And so I spent a lot of time soaking in everything that Danny was sharing, including a three-part Instagram live series that she did. And I have to say, Danny is truly gifted in having um, really tough conversations about sticky subjects, but doing so in love. And every voice matters. Everyone has their own style of communicating, of course. You're going to find yourself gravitating towards some voices more than others, and that's all fine and good. Um, We don't want to tune out voices just because they're not delivered in the way that we want to receive them. But having said that, I do love the way Danny talks about these things. And she is just, she is a force for good and full of light. So anyway, fast forward. And I noticed that our friend Chris did an Instagram live with Danny. Now, Chris and his wife, Britt, are our good friends who do, um, do good, be kind. That's the name of their brand. In fact, They were our guests here on the show early on. So that's episode 17. And you can listen to Chris and Britt when they were on our show. So anyway, I watched the live that Chris and Danny were doing together. And they were chatting about so many different topics. And I found myself not only feeling inspired on a personal level, but I kept feeling this undeniable nudge that this had to be an episode on our podcast And you guys, what do we always remind you? Don't ignore those feelings. Act on the promptings you receive, right? So I took action immediately. Obviously, my first step was making sure Becky was on board, which of course she was. She was so excited about it. Then I reached out to Chris, who gave his blessing, and he got the green light from Danny. So here we are. What you're about to hear is a conversation that Becky and I are not a part of, but true to who we are. We seek after opportunities to amplify the voices of those who encourage us to cultivate a good life. And both Chris and Danny exude goodness and light. And we just have a great deal of love for both of them. So this conversation is something that we're super honored and excited to share with you. And I just want to put this out there that I need every one of you to cross your fingers and toes that it will work out for Danny to collaborate with us on a project, okay? All right, but first, let's hear a quick word from this week's sponsor. Friends, we know that 2020 is a year that will go down in the history books with everything happening in the world combined with the personal experiences that you've been having, you undoubtedly have felt a shift in your life. 
It's possible that you have felt unsettled, confused, and overwhelmed. It's possible that you've been pondering what normal even is anymore. You may be having some thoughts about how you want these pivotal experiences to create real and meaningful change in your life. First of all, kudos to you for being the type of person who wants to be intentional about how you move onward and upward, even during turbulent times. If I told you that there is a way for you to become even more clear about how you exist as your most authentic, most free, most loving self, even during a season of so much disruption, would you believe me? If I told you that you actually can feel less confused and more at peace with how you feel about yourself and the world around you, would you believe me? It's true, guys. This is all very, very possible. Live the Story You Want to Tell is an audio course that is truly one of the most incredible tools available to help you get more clear about what you want in your life and what might be holding you back from moving forward. Go to classroom.beckyhiggins.com where you can watch a short video, review the curriculum, and understand more about what to expect from this self-paced and guided documenting experience. We even have new payment options. Okay, friends, join us in the course right now and get ready to be more clear about what it means to be the author of your own story. You and I started our very first call with happy, the word happy, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I want to jump into that right now. How do you, Danny, how are you still finding happiness right now with everything going on in the world? Yeah. So we talked a little bit about this and about how often I feel as though the word joy and happiness are pitted against each other a lot. Yeah. Um, people equate happiness to a fleeting feeling that comes and goes and, and that joy is like, um, stands the test of time. And I personally find so much happiness in the little things, um, in the day to day, this, the sunshine and the wind and being able to sit in my backyard and work and, things like that. And so because I find so much beauty in the little moments, I feel like happiness is the perfect word to describe that because to me, it represents actively seeking out positivity and, um, and joy in my everyday yeah. life. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's like more of an ongoing commitment. Uh, and so I guess basically I like the word happy. I like the word joy. I don't think we need to pit them against each other. And yeah, I just try to live my life being as positive as I can, especially when things are getting so hard and the negativity gets so loud yeah, and we have to fight to, you know, fight for so many different things and so many different rights and things like that. So can we get yeah. personal for just a second, Danny? Can we get really personal? Yeah. You said small moments, but I know like for me, for example, a daily choice, I love Karen just said a daily choice, by the way, I, I don't want to miss some of these comments that here that talk about how talented you are. Aww. Right. Someone just came on and said she's the most beautiful person. I don't. I don't want us to miss these moments. These are fantastic. But so sweet. This is my personal question for you. Um, when you say these little daily moments, and this is a really personal question, is there a daily moment that you'd be willing to share with us that you look forward to? That when you see it again, you're reminded of something joyful or happy in your life. Hmm. So just any kind of little thing. It could be any little thing. I love that because we have to be reminded. For me, it's a sunrise. Like mm -hmm. I selfishly, people are like, why do you get up so early? First of all, I have four boys, so it's quiet. Mm -hmm. Second, I'm selfishly seeking out that sunrise. So I'd love to hear from you. Like there has to be a little moment where you go, oh, there it is again. And it fills your soul just a little bit. Uh, that's so good. Um, hmm. I guess a daily thing, an example of a daily thing for me would probably be music. 
I, I have a playlist that I've curated just for this season. Um, the name is kind of lame. It's called Quarantunes, like Quarantine Tunes. But quarantine. Is this on Spotify? Yeah. Um, I didn't come up with the name. That's just what I call it. Okay. And I have specific songs that I know will bring me joy or comfort or something, uh, no matter what's happening. And so I, I know that whenever I turn that playlist on, I will feel better. I'll feel happy. So Can you, can you share with us what, what's one of the top on the playlist? There's got to be one Ooh. on there that we need to know about. It's a lot of pressure all of a sudden, isn't it, Danny? That is. I wish I could pull it up and be like, here are all my favorite songs. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think. Well, off the top of my head, um, I listen to a band called The New Respects. They're like a soulful, they give me very Michael Jackson vibes. And they have a song called No Drama. Mm -hmm. And it's just so happy and peppy and makes me want to just dance a little bit. So, yeah, No Drama by The New, the New Respects is a song that comes top of mind. I've got a bunch that I can't remember right now. <laughs> Aloha from Puebla. Quarantunes, we've got this, no drama. You and I spoke <laughs> and we talked about, and this is one of the things I really want to talk about, is you taking a major leap of faith with your business. And, um, you know, I'm just looking at the demographics of who's on here. We have so many women on here wanting to be brave. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to know for you, where do you find your moments of, of bravery? What helps you be brave? That's good. Um, so I told you I wasn't going to send you questions in advance, right? We this is all organic. So for anyone who knows, Jenny doesn't see these questions in advance. Yeah. Because we it want to. It kind of goes against the way I operate, so I do have to take a second and really think. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, back up great. and tell us tell us a little bit of your, where you were your first business. Yeah. And what what gave you the bravery to jump into that? Because I think that's important for people to know. Starting with you know your major and what you got into, and all of a sudden you're like, here. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, cool. So I went to business school and I wanted to major in hospitality because I thought I was going to be an event planner. I just really thought that's, that's the direction my life was going to go in. And I never changed my major, never doubted it for a second. I graduated, got a job in an events agency in a design and marketing role. And I was like, maybe not the event planning thing. Maybe that's not mm -hmm. what I'm going to do. Uh, but I, while I was there, I had a graphic design marketing role that I, that I fell in love with. And I loved just being able to create something out of nothing. So I was like, maybe I can just do this. So while I was working, I got some clients on the side and one day I was just like, I'm going to quit my job. And so I quit my job and I had maybe a couple, I had a few paychecks saved up, but life turned out so beautifully. I still haven't had to use my savings from that day when I quit my job. Really? Danny, look at you. Wow. It's just, I don't know. I decided to trust myself and go for it. Yeah. And if the worst thing that could have happened is that it didn't go well and I would just get another job, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I started a business called So Happy Social and I was doing graphic design and social media management slash marketing for organizations that wanted to do good in the world. Mm -hmm. So positive mission-based brands and that was so fun. I was introduced to so many different incredible brands doing amazing work. And on the side, I was illustrating for fun um, for me and my Instagram friends of 700 something people. <laughs> 700 yeah. at the time. This yeah. was, we have to let everybody know too, this wasn't like three years ago or seven years ago. This was a couple months ago, right? Yes. January, Martin Luther King Jr. Day was the first day I made like 
a social justice related drawing and yeah. posted it. Um, and people were sharing it who were, who were my friends and people were sharing it who I did not know. And I was like, wow, what is happening here? And I realized I've always been the type of person to talk about the hard things, mm -hmm. but it was such a unique opportunity because I realized that maybe there were more people willing to listen to the hard things if they were pretty. So that's say, what made me say that one more time, because when you <laughs> said that in our conversation, remember, I'm like, hold on, let's pause on that for just yeah, a second. We stopped. <laughs> and we had to dig into that. Mm -hmm. Say it one more time how you just said it. I realized that people were more likely to want to talk about the hard things or want to digest the hard things if it was pretty. If they're pretty. Yeah. Yeah. That look, it's choking me up again. I think that was such a poignant comment that you made is sometimes there are some really difficult, hard things. And one of the things that you've done through your, your gift, through your art, is you've turned some of these difficult things into something beautiful that makes it, we want to talk about it. We want to share it, right? We make them shareable. Mm. Um, and now this comes back to your question about being brave because you've taken another big shift in your business. You said you were doing, you know, creative design, social media management, and then all of a sudden you're going, wait a second, there's yeah. more, right? There is more. Yeah. And since, since the last time we talked, I've probably pivoted again. <laughs> I, I, so whenever I, I encounter a new direction that I can go in and I feel fully confident and equipped to do so, I will pivot quickly. Um, and I will do it whole, wholeheartedly. I'll put all of myself into it because the worst thing that could happen is that it doesn't work out. Yeah. So I, I like to live with a certain degree of risk in the sense of, I'm just going to do it. Cause I don't want to regret 10 years from now, not doing it. So yeah, from graphic design, social media marketing, um, from graphic design, social media marketing, which was cool and everything. I, I ended up doing more illustration stuff. So I was doing custom illustration work. And I filled up like a month's worth of work just doing custom illustrations. But now I'm feeling like I want to go more into the direction of um, education and illustrated resources and maybe hosting some, some more classes. I really love getting on live. It's been fun to talk. So maybe what it would look like to, to create resources um, and to have more of these targeted discussions. Like, what would that look like? Oh, I see someone asking an Enneagram question. I am a yes, seven, not a three. Solid seven. I knew that one. Is that shocking? <laughs> seven. Yeah. But yeah, that's kind the, of, yeah. And when you, when you talk about making a bold move, because it wasn't just you, right? You have a team, you had a team in place and you called your team and you're like, hey, we're going to go a different direction. You had contractors. It was just Can me. you hear me? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can hear you. you. Oh, it was just you. No, yeah. I'm saying it was just me. So I had a couple, I had a couple um, subcontractors here and there, but for yeah. the majority of this part, because I like I started business in January and it grew and like before I could get a chance to be like, let's keep growing. Let's grow a team. Let's do this. I'm just like, hmm, I will pivot and do this instead. And so yeah. I won't always do that. It's probably not always the wisest thing. And as um, I progress, I probably won't be as immediate with the pivoting. Mm -hmm. But as of right now, like being someone who um, still lives in the town I grew up in, with a family that's super supportive and a friend group who's just like, we've got you no matter what. I, I have the opportunity to look at the state of the world we're in, look at the gifts and talents and skills that I've been given and say, what would be the best use of my skills and resources 
and talent in this time. And anybody can do that. Um, anybody can say, oh, I have this list of skills, gifts and talents, and I see the state of the world we're in. How can I combine these two things to really make a difference and possibly pivot for maximum impact? Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about it a little bit. You know, Elizabeth Gilbert, she wrote the book, Eat, Pray, Love. She wrote mm -hmm. another book called Big Magic. And, um, and in this book, Big Magic, she talks about all of us come from creation. My kids and I are just talking about this the other day, right? We come from mm -hmm. creation. We are creators. And I love what Karen just said. It takes a boatload of courage. And I want to talk about this is for any individual out there who looks and says, yeah, but Danny can do this. Danny's an amazing illustrator. Danny has all this talent. I'm not Danny. Mm -hmm. Everyone has some creative ability. Yes. What would you share to anyone who wants to find their creative, who's a little bit nervous to even just put it out there? What would you share to them to help them find the courage to start digging into and embracing their creative? Oh, I love this beautiful question. Wow. Okay. So there's a quote by Maya Angelou. I'm going to butcher it because I don't have it in front of me. And I really honestly need to make it a print and put it on my wall because I talk about it every day. I know but, someone who can do that for you. If you'll get yeah. it for me, I'll have it out to you within a couple of weeks. How's that? Oh, that would be cool. Yep, okay. absolutely. That'd be cool. But yeah, she's got a quote and it says, she, she starts off listing a bunch of horrible things that the world was going through during her time. And she was like, in a world that's just struggling with racism and fighting the AIDS epidemic, and she listed a whole bunch of things. She said at the end, she said, we need art and we need art in all forms. Mm. She said, we need art to be present, everywhere present and all the time present. And that hit me so much. It hit me so hard because I was like, we need art in all forms. The art that we know to be art and also yeah. the art that you might not consider to be art, it's all needed, not just for the impact that it can have in the justice space, but also the encouragement, the love and the compassion that people can feel when they come into contact with your art, the way it can ease pain yeah. and just allow us to process through things. So I feel like no matter what that might look like to you, it all, it all has a part to play. It's all a piece of the puzzle. Uh, so I would say to somebody who's trying to figure out what that could be. I was talking on I talked on a podcast recently, and I was talking about how um, purpose, true purpose can be found like at the intersection of your gifts, like your passion, and a perceived need in the world. Um, I'm sure there's a bunch of other roads that could intersect there when you're trying to find your purpose. But Think of the things that you love to do and you're passionate about. Think of the, the skills that you have that have been affirmed by other people. And like, it, it's a strength that you are known to have for mm -hmm. just not just because you think so, but because the people close to you also think so. And then take a look at the world as you know it and the need that needs to be filled and put it all together. And you can chase purpose just by knowing those three things. You could, yeah. there's other things of course, but I think that's a beautiful starting point if you have no idea. So for me, um, I had a passion to love people wholeheartedly and holistically. Um, I had a skill that was affirmed in me with design, creativity, and illustration. So unique, and I, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I saw, I saw the need in the world for helping to make complex issues like racism and 
um, injustice more understandable yeah. for people who may not always occupy that space. Right. So I put that all together and I said, maybe I can draw resources to help other people. And that's something I decided to chase wholeheartedly. So, so someone asked, can you repeat those three things? Those three things are identifying your gift. Mm -hmm. And for, any, for anyone who says, you know, I don't have a gift. This is mm -hmm. one of the things I, I really love about, um, you know, oftentimes we're looking for our gifts or whatever it might be. And I love one specific story, by the way, from, from this book, Big Magic. And I think you've done the same thing. You know, you, you came out of school. I love how you said this, like you're going into event planning, you're hundred percent down this road. And also you're like, you know what, my gifts are over here and I'm finding more in this. And I think you and I shared this. A lot of people would stay there for so long because I've committed to this degree. I've committed to this and I'm going to fight mm -hmm. it out. And then they reach the age of 40 or 45 and they go, man, I'm really hate my life. I'm really unhappy. I wish I would have drawn. I wish I would have done something. And so, and I said this with you, I really applaud that you saw that early enough mm -hmm. in your career and had the courage to say, I'm going to, I'm going to dig into this a little bit. Mm -hmm. So those three things are you're identifying your gift. Yeah. Identifying your passion. Mm -hmm. What are you passionate about? And then identifying yeah. a need in the world. Yeah. And, oh, and this might be a quote. Someone just posted a beautiful quote. The place God calls you, let me scroll down. The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. Wow. Yeah. That is good. Wow. Um, for you, I mean, we see your gift because you put it out in the world. Tell us about your passion and what mm -hmm. need are you, are you filling right now in the world, Danny, with your, with your gifts? Yeah. So I also want to speak to something that you had also just said about like how I found this early on and decided to just make that change. I even now am still finding so much value from like my college education from deciding mm. to pursue that degree. I'm still I'm building a business still. So like, I'm still finding immense value in that. And that not, might not always be the case. Like some people might pursue one thing and do something totally completely different. <laughs> But right. I do know that there will always be opportunities to pull from whatever experience that you've had early in life to help you be better in this new season or new venture. So I just wanted to say that too. Like, no, don't I'm fully you feel did. like anything you've done before was just a total waste because it, yeah. it's always going to be useful. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the passion and the need. Yeah. Um, yeah, so passion. Um, I, I say all the time that I feel like my, my calling um, stems out of Luke 10, 27 in the Bible. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And so I really took that as a motto. I was just like, this is going to be what I dedicate my whole life to. And because of that, I found that it did become a passion. And I also found like there are so many ways that I can fulfill that mm -hmm. um, throughout life. So that was super encouraging because I can fulfill that through art, but I can fulfill that through many other areas too, like being a better listener when my brother's telling me something or, you know, just different ways to love fully. Yeah. And when I, not only, when, when it comes to the need, um, looking around at what's happening now, the issue of racism at, at its root is a hate issue. And I want to always fight hate with love. Yeah. And I, and what a 
beautiful opportunity I have to weave my passion into that fight and to say, yes, racism is, is horrible. I completely denounce it. And I think we should all work to denounce it in our lives. But I'm going to choose the way that I do it to be soaked and coated in love because that's my passion and my calling. And that's just the way I need to I'm not that. crying, you're crying, Danny. I'm not looking <laughs> at you because you're gonna make me cry and no. I'm, I'm a G, I don't <clears throat> cry, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cry me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I embarrass my kids all the time. You know, you made a really interesting comment about um, hate and, um, and, and this is what, what touched me so strongly. This is a thought I've had even before our conversation is there's so much anger. There's so much hate, right? And love is so much stronger. And so I love when you, <laughs> I'm using this word love. I love how you said, I'm approaching this from a place of love. Because mm -hmm. of the two people in this conversation, you could have a heart far more full of anger than me, by the way. You know that, right? Mm -hmm. You could be really upset. You could be full of hate or anger. And yet you're saying, I'm approaching this from a place of love. Yeah. Where does that come from for you? And how yeah. do you still love me enough to have this conversation? Yeah, so I, can, I can't avoid always going back to my faith because it truly is the thing that drives this for me. Yeah. Um, outside of my relationship with Jesus, I don't know if I would have the capacity to have this joy and have this love. Um, but I also feel like in this journey of life, we are all completely imperfect, right? And I always talk about how perfection is not the prerequisite to participation when it comes to the conversation of race, when it comes to any type of conversation that we're having, as we seek to do better and to love each other better, we know that we will be imperfect in that. Mm -hmm. And we know that mm. perfection is not a requirement to jumping in and doing your absolute best. And so knowing that I am in fact imperfect and knowing that I still want to actively participate in making a change in the world, I have to accept the fact that mistakes will be made on my part and mistakes will be made on your part as someone who also has a heart for justice and doing good. Um, yeah. It won't be a perfect road, but the effort and the action and the intention and the impact of that intention all comes together. Um, and I think that really helps to move things forward. And so that's kind of where my heart and my mind is when it comes to being open and loving. I do that knowing full heartedly that I am imperfect and the person that I'm trying to love is also imperfect. Yeah. And recognizing and accepting that and making space for failure um, makes the journey a lot easier. I love that, making space for failure. You made this comment about approaching things through imperfection and this also comes back to really how we started this conversation about art and creating. Mm -hmm. And so many of us are afraid to create or put our art out there, our gifts out there, because we're afraid that it's not perfect. Perfect. But perfect for who? Yeah. Right? And I, I never finished that story. I do this a lot because I do have, you know, my mind goes in a million directions. But, you know, the story that Elizabeth Gilbert gives of this gentleman who he found himself um, unemployed. And while he was unemployed, a son came and said, hey, can you fix my bike? And he started fixing bikes. And through the process of fixing bikes, he started doing all this research on bicycles and creating mm -hmm. art with bicycle parts. 
And what was interesting is he went from unemployed to becoming this bicycle part artist. And that's now his full-time profession, by the way. Mm. And sometimes we miss this. Now, what if he would have said, I'm going to put this spoke out, or I'm going to put this, you know, handlebars out there and nobody's going to love it, but you start to find these things. And I love how you state this is that we have to be willing to show our imperfection to let ourselves be for perfect. And I'm seeing this word come in here so many times. And the word is grace. Mm-hmm. Knowing that there is a grace mm-hmm. given to all of us by none of our doing, right? To help mm-hmm. with our imperfections. And boy, how great would it be if we give that grace to others? And so often people do, but we don't accept it or appreciate it. And, you know, this is one of the things we talked about just briefly today. And you said, something about coming to grace and understanding grace. And I think that's a lot of what helps you move forward with your art and helps oh, you move yeah. forward with love. Mm-hmm. Can we go there? Are you okay to go there for a little bit and talk about we, your... We can, we can go there. Um, yeah. So, yes, I grew up um, with parents who love, who love me still. <laughs> Loved and do love. And um, really instilled in me, like, what it means to love God and what it means to be loved by him. And... Growing up and attending different churches, I had to often navigate a lot of spiritual abusive, spiritually abusive situations mm. that um, oftentimes caused me to draw back. And I felt a lot of discouragement because I felt like the God, the God that I'm hearing about in these spaces does not match the God that I see in scripture and the God that I want to know for myself. Yeah. Um, so... I had to make the decision a few years ago and I had to say, I'm, I'm going to break free from what I've always been told in these church spaces and say like, you know, I'm going to make this decision to actively search God for myself. And um, even today I find so much value in church and being in the body of Christ, but the, the churches that I grew up in just did it. I felt like there was a lot of twisting of the original meaning of scripture and what, what Jesus was actually calling us to do. So as I, as I searched the scriptures, I was just blown away by what the Bible truly says about grace and mercy and the sacrifice that was paid for us and how we don't have to work to achieve anything outside of the finished work of the cross and what was already done. Yeah. So that was revolutionary for me because I spent so much time thinking that I had to work, 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 work to be loved by God, to earn his good graces and to not be in trouble all the time. But I was falling over and over and over because I'm imperfect. So it didn't, it just wasn't adding up for me. So yeah, seeking him and really finding what grace and mercy truly means for me in my life and how he's not a, um, a God of a bunch of rules who's um, unapproachable, but he's a God who says, I'm calling you to love me. And as you love me, I will help you in your imperfection and I will flow through you. And the grace and the mercy that I'm so freely giving is yours for the taking without having to do anything extravagant to earn it. Yeah. (laughs) So that changed everything. And it helped me want to, it just filled me with so much genuine love for, for God that turned into genuine love for other people. It was so natural. I didn't have to sit like, oh, I really got to try to love my neighbor. Like, how can I force myself to be more loving? <laughs> Impossible. It flowed through you. It flowed. And yeah. it was so natural. And it was so refreshing and new. And I'm just like, wow, I want to love everybody. <laughs> what can I do? And uh, a lot of different things came out of that. 
yeah like my posture now in this conversation well and even i love how you even said uh, when we started this conversation i said danny were you nervous about you know jumping out and starting your own thing mm -hmm. and it wasn't even about the risk you're like well what if i how can i fail right and you even said in our very first conversation you talked about god and grace and man, I'm going to jump out and be imperfect in my, in my business. And there's going to be something that's going to pick me up. Yeah. When you made this transition, you said, Hey, I'm going to shift away from this social media management thing. and I'm going to jump into something else into this art yeah. more fully and giving of this gift more fully. And again, I'm sitting there thinking, Danny, you closed your clients. You told me you're like, what's your clients? You're like, Hey, we're going to shut this down and you can <laughs> do this better in house. right? Like I'm going to yeah. finish your projects and then I'm going to not take on any new ones. Yeah. What? And, but you had this belief in yourself, right? You had this belief that even in your imperfection, there would be grace to help sustain it. And I just, I think that's so fascinating. Um, I would love to know for you and your art and what you're creating now, what is it you hope for? And what, what is it you hope for in any individual who finds it? What are you hoping that they feel? And what are you hoping they do as a result of finding you in your art? Yeah, that's really good. Feel um, and do. Yeah, feel and do. So I aim to approach every topic and every piece of art uh, with compassion, but mm -hmm. also I am quite direct. A lot of people who have seen my art and seen the captions that go along with them know that I'm quite firm and direct because um, I, I never want my kindness to be mistaken for me being passive yeah. and not um, encouraging people to action needs to be taken against racism, you know, and against any form of injustice that I choose to amplify. So when people come in contact with my art, I want them to feel like they, first of all, I want them to feel like they're invited and worthy and mm. in their imperfection are able to engage. First and foremost, you're welcome to engage in your imperfection. Yes. Um, and secondly, I want them to what I want them to do is to take action as outlined. Um, and I want that action to be fueled by a desire to make wrong right and to seek justice. So it's gotta be twofold for me. I said in my video series that awareness is helpful, but action is transformational. When you're invited into my space, you interact with my work and you become more aware, mm -hmm. there comes also another responsibility to take action on your awareness uh, to truly make lasting impact. Yeah. I love that. You know, we, we built Do Good Be Kind on five really simple principles. Um, when this very first happened, somebody said, okay, you know, you have Do Good Be Kind. What are you going to do with it? And mm -hmm. we said, well, well, we're going to take it into schools. Actually, the school teacher that started this is here right now. Um, <laughs> she's on. <island. laughs> <laughs> um, we're going to take it into schools. And then we said, okay, well, what is the message? And this ties back to what you're saying. And the first message was, let's start with being accountable, right? We have to be accountable for what we learn, how we approach things. You know, I've been really silent the last little while, especially on this channel of really just holding myself accountable to studying more, to reading more, to unfolding my own, and we'll use this word white privilege, like really, I call it an, a personal unraveling. Danny, mm. we talked about this, right? How do we unravel um, everything? And then our second one is to do good. And I love how you say this is once you find it, once you feel it, we are obligated to do something right to do something mm -hmm. good. And, and it doesn't have to be something 
really big. I think we see that a lot, um, especially social media. Um, how, how do you say it? Aggrandizes efforts. Mm. It can be something really small. You know, picking up garbage on our local street is is small and it's easy. The neighbor's garbage can blew over. I can pick that up. It's easy, right? Small things mm -hmm. doing good. And I love what your art is inspiring too, is like you said, once you see it, once you see injustice, take action to it, right? Do something because of it. Right. And actually your very first piece of art that really drew me in was the one that said, change starts here in mm -hmm. the heart. It's taught here in the home and it changes here in the world that was so powerful, mm -hmm. so simple and so powerful. I love it. Oh, um, share with us, you know, people find inspiration in a lot of different things. Where do you draw your inspiration from? Okay, cool. So besides faith, cause y'all got that at this point, you know my whole life story. Um, <laughs> we got I, the highlights. Yeah. Um, I really try, try to keep my ears to the ground in the sense of I'm, I'm really trying to always be listening listening to what's happening, listening to maybe what's on the news, but also the conversations that I'm having in daily life mm -hmm. and what people are currently talking about. Um, because while listening to the news gives me high level, here's what's actually taking place in the world. Listening to the conversations gives me, here's how people are feeling and reacting and processing yeah. um, what's happening in the world. And because I want impact that turns into action i'm i'm really paying attention to people their conversations and their responses yeah. um, and that's where i pull what i decide to make art about because i want it to be helpful in the season that people are in right now um while still being educational and still maybe talking about things that people don't realize they need to hear about so yeah that's kind of what how i gain inspiration for what I make it's mostly it's a lot of listening and I, I also do a lot of active research um, on general topics so that I can make sure that I'm accurate while still illustrating my opinion yeah I love this I heard the idea of being strong and kind I'm reading this right towards those that try to oppress or speak against us being strong and kind is so helpful instead of shutting down being quiet and reacting. That's such a great comment. I love that. I, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, it's, it's hard if somebody comes at you with um, anger or hate or aggression and you respond with kindness. It's like throwing water on a fire, right? <laughs> like mm -hmm. you just can't keep it going. And, and um, that is, it's not always easy. It's not always easy to do. Yeah. And one thing, one thing I wouldn't say about that too, is that while that is my approach, I do understand like the hundreds of years of impact that racism has had on yeah. black people specifically. And I also want to recognize that not everybody has that natural bent towards kindness and towards having positive reactions to things because the weight of oppression is so, so heavy. Yeah. So while I take the compassionate and kind approach, I would never want to demonize like not that anyone here is doing that. None of y'all are doing that. But I personally would never get on my platform and say, so-and-so is doing this wrong because they were angry and they had a, they ranted about this. We process and we work through things completely, completely differently. But I also do recognize the power and kindness and the power that that has to um, make change. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to say that too, because I would, it's just hard to 
go through what we're going through right now from all sides, all different kinds of things. And it's hard to establish exactly what you want your voice to be in that season. I recognize yeah. that for sure. So I did want to mention that as well. No, I, I think it's important to speak through that. How do you, how do you, and how would you recommend anyone who's watching this to take that step back? Cause you're absolutely right, Danny. I mean, there are so many, um, years history for those who are listening for the first time if you've never read the book the color of law right this is a book that is like completely undone me by the way it's called mm -hmm. the color of law i forget the name of the author right now i highly recommend anyone to look at it when i talk about undoing me i'm talking about laws that are built in to the system right that are blatantly racist and discriminatory that i look at and i go oh my gosh my life is not as a white male 46 we're going there we, we say we, we know if we're going to go this in, the, in this conversation right but i'm looking at saying my my life as a white male middle-aged white male is not what i thought it was right it was built on something that was created by other people and so i love how you said this of seeing where people are knowing that how they're going to react in different ways we have to be can I use the word okay with that? We have to be um, empathetic, I guess, is the right way. Yeah, I, I think what I heard somebody say, I, I saw a tweet and I wish I had the credit right now to give credit to whoever said this, just know that this was not my thought, but somebody had said, um, when we look around at the protesting and the rioting and the, and the shift that's taking place across the country, mm -hmm. um, it's super easy for people to be like, you know, that's horrible. And of course we don't, I don't condone necessarily looting and rioting and destroying property clearly but one thing that needs to one thing that i saw that was super powerful to me it said you know looting is wrong but racism is also wrong oppression is also wrong all of these yeah. things are wrong and um i heard somebody say i think his it's k i think it was kb he's a he's a christian rapper he said uh don't let your first contribution to the movement be critique let your first contribution mm. be one that wants to learn one that wants to understand one that empathizes um and see from all see from all angles what's happening like you it might not be your bend to to say i'm destroying everything because i'm angry but you can't condemn a whole response simply because it's not the response that you would have taken yourself so that's tricky it's tricky but it's something that i would encourage everyone to do like we see all of it and it is all wrong. And if we want to completely eradicate a problem, we pull it out from the root, you know? Yeah. The leaves, the fruit, the fruit of a oppressive system and racism, we've got a fruit of the riots. We've got fruit of the, pro, of like the destructive, destruction of property. We've got roots of all kinds of negative, negative things. So do we, do we try to destroy it by pulling the leaves off or do we try to destroy it from the root? yanking and destroying um systemic racism and oppression from the root gosh i love how you said danny i want your wisdom i want to go back like 20 years and have your same wisdom <laughs> as, <laughs> as you do but you know what you're saying right now and you're talking about looking at the fruit it goes back to your even your life choices when you said i left this college degree but it wasn't in vain because i still pull a lot of things from that Mm -hmm. um, this comment, right? Let, let our first reaction not be of critique, but of seeking understanding. Yeah. Empathy. And, I, I, it really yeah. it touched me too, because I was like, absolutely. Yes. That's a perfect response. Um, 
Yeah. Love that thought. And I think it would really help, especially for those who are new. It's hard as a black person to see um, people who are new to the conversation. The first thing that they say is stop destroying property. It's like, okay, yes, stop destroying property. But are you going to acknowledge at all that racism is a problem? Are you going to address everything else that's wrong? Um, I think we can multitask. We all can. And as I seek to find ways to inject more kindness and positivity into this conversation, I yeah. also am not going to silence other people who are also trying to process whether or not I would jump in and do it the same way that they're doing because I'm seeking empathy. I'm seeking to understand. I'm seeking for holistic change. And right. we're seeing so much of whole, so much change happening because of the holistic effort of groups of people across the board who are um, advocating for change in a myriad of ways. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at some of these comments, right? Kindness is amazing. Anger of people is also justified. I, I don't disagree at all. Right, I get angry with it. I get angry with um, the system. I get angry with uh, friends that I see. It was actually a, exactly a year ago at this time that I was doing training, believe it or not, with 90 police officers. And um, you know, this is one of the very first questions I was asking these 90 police officers was, when you roll up on a situation, how do you keep your personal bias in check? Right? How do you not immediately go there, whatever wherever that might be, and and um, and so when I see some of these things that are taking place, I I too, you know, I feel these same things. I would love to know from you, and and you talk about your faith being a root of how you approach things with love. Gosh, we're almost coming up on our time, Danny. Um, I would love to know from you, what would you share with someone who is trying to find that place from love or help them move through the anger? Because surely you have your angry moments. You have to. You're human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We can't, we can't deny those emotions and, and, and it's going to be different from everyone I know, but you have so many people who, who love and adore and look up to you. How do you find that strength to move from a place of anger, which is heavy, right? I love how Kevin Hart says anger has no place in this home mm -hmm. because that's a heavy burden to carry. And how do you move from a place of anger to a place of love? to help you get back into the creative, to help you get back into the light. How have you done that? I love this question. I think this is going to be a good one to end on because I, when it comes to faith is what you mentioned first. Mm -hmm. um, I think that that's what enables me first and foremost to be able to have somewhere to go with my anger and have it like, I, it's like I give it, I give it my anger to God and then it comes back as, you know, like, it's gonna be okay, comfort and direction on the next place to go. And it's like, the, it, it's like a beautiful exchange, right? But um, yeah. so that that's how I personally do it. But I would say, if there's anyone else who is battling with that anger and not knowing what to do, <laughs> to be, it, I would say to find, you have to make sure that you have some sort of community whether it's within your home or a, a circle of friends that you can go to unfiltered and process and grieve and be able to not have to necessarily say everything perfectly, right? But somewhere yeah. where you can fully express yourself and be comforted in that. I think community is so important in seasons like this because isolation can be devastating. Uh, yeah. So 
I would really encourage people to get plugged in and find community. And um, the second thing I would do is to take the energy that comes with anger and channel it into action. I'm so mad about this. So I'm going to find petitions to sign. I'm going to find organizations to donate to. I'm going to start this initiative or partner with this community organization that's already on the ground. Anger to action yeah. is definitely the second thing I would say. So keeping our mental health in check, making sure that we are personally okay, then um, seeking out community and turning anger into action. That's the, that's what I would say. That's what I, I love it. Say. I love it. Danny, you are such a beautiful human and you have blessed me, man. Aww. You have blessed me in so many ways today. And I know anyone who sees this, you're going to bless them as well. I definitely want to give you any final thoughts uh, before we close this Instagram live. But first of all, say thank you so much, much mahalo as we would say here um, in Hawaii. And um, look, I'm getting emotional again. I'm just so grateful for this time <laughs> with you. I really this am. Great. I'm so grateful that you would do this yeah. with me. Um, yeah but any final thoughts that you would like to share as we close our live today? Yeah, I would encourage everyone to remember that no matter where you are in the journey, you are loved and you are worthy. I tell my people this as often as I can, and I wanna tell all of you, loved and worthy no matter where you are on the journey, and you don't have to be perfect to participate. And this is a long-term journey for a lot of people. It's been overwhelming if this was your first time jumping in but I encourage you to stay the course, do what you can to process anger and, and negative emotion um, and come out on the other side with some kind of positive contribution that will lead to lasting change. Wonderful. That's what I would say. <laughs> okay. To be continued, look for an email from you because I'm gonna get you some do good be kind swag out. I have to have oh, you cool. represent, right? <laughs> And uh, thank you again so much. I love and yeah. appreciate you, Danny. Thank you. Of course. Bye, everybody. You guys are so cool. All right. <laughs> Bye. All right. I hope you loved what she said there in the end. And I just want to close with it. You are loved and you are worthy. And I love this. You don't have to be perfect to participate. What a great note to end on. Aloha, everybody. Oh, so good, right? I'm so thankful to Chris and Danny, not just for having the conversation, but for allowing us to share it here on our podcast. And we're so grateful. Becky and I both feel so grateful that you continue to show up week after week. Um, we hope that you really take to heart all of these things that you're feeling, these things that you're learning, the impressions you're receiving. And as always, we thank you for carving out the time to listen and for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing that Chris or Danny have said is more important than the specific things that you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. We all love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye.